Inside the Healing Room with Evangeline Hemrick. Inside the Healing Room with Evangeline is presented by XO Wellness, a healing practice using homeopathy, flower essence, and holistic life guidance for a happier, healthier you. Go to xowellness.com forward slash healing room for 15% off your first consult, healing jewelry, or product. Hello, my friends. I hope that you are doing well. I'm excited to be sharing something with you today that is a big topic for me, and it has been for a really long time, and that is focusing our intent and refining and upgrading our thoughts. Because I know for me, as much as I work on my belief systems and all the programs that have been embedded in me since I was born or possibly even before that, possibly even in utero and ancestral stuff, there's a lot going on in our thoughts that needs cleaning up and a little help. (laughs) And as long as I've been working on changing my programming and putting programming in that works for me and serves me, as long as I've been working on that, there's still so much to do. And that's what inspired me to do this episode. I decided I wanted to call it Confessions of a Dirty Mind. (laughs) And I thought, oh, everybody's going to think that means sex. But no, sex isn't dirty at all. We know that, especially if you've worked on uncovering and cleaning out all those old shame programs about our bodies being shameful or sinful. No, not at all. That's not what this is about. Dirty mind, when I say that, I mean all the thoughts that need cleaning up, that are rolling around in our head, creating our reality. And we know this is true now, even though we already have enough proof and research to see that the thoughts that we think are creating our experiences. It's still so hard. So I wanted to do an episode to give you some pointers and suggestions about practical action steps you can take to start to refine your thoughts and focus your intent so that you can create better. I was introduced to the mind-body connection and how the thoughts that we think are affecting our physical organs and all of our body parts in 1996 during the first job I ever had as a massage therapist. I worked for a chiropractor. And she would adjust her clients, her patients, and she would always get out Louise Hay's little blue book. I've talked about it before because it rocked my world and changed my life in 96 because I would watch her treat the patient and then go look up the mental thought pattern, emotional correlation to what they had going on with their body. And I saw how accurate it was. And that fascinated me. And I've been fascinated ever since. And I decided to learn everything that I could learn from Louise Hay. I did a week-long course of hers. It was a teacher training program. And so many powerful little nuggets of wisdom that helped me to change the way that I saw how I think and to actually think about what I'm thinking about. 
because that's what we do. We just, we just have all these random loops and programs playing in our mind and we don't even know it. One thing that I came up with on my own that I want to share with you that really helps is keeping a thought journal. I started doing that and I would set a timer and alert myself so many times a day to go ahead and record what I had been thinking about when my mind was left <laughs> on its own to wander, to wander around unattended. And the more I realized that when my mind was left unattended, the thoughts that were going on in my head were not so great. They were not the highest, beautiful, most creative building blocks <laughs> to create with, I should say. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's pretty dirty in there. I need to start to clean it up. And cleaning up your mind takes a lot of work. So since that time of discovering Louise Hay, I have been so hungry and excited to learn everything that I could learn about evolving thoughts. And taking our thoughts and taking ownership of them, really being in control of our minds so that we can master all the creative potential that lies within us. So how do we do this? How do we elevate our thoughts? The first step is developing awareness on how programmed we all really are. And the reason that we are so programmed with belief systems that might not be serving us might even be destructive to our health, our prosperity, our relationships, is that in the first seven years of our life, we are in a different brainwave state. We have lots of different brainwave states to access and work with. And our brain is extremely complex, as we know. And I'll give you some references in the show notes if you really want to learn about the different brainwave states and how to utilize them. But for our purposes, to keep it simple, the first seven years of our lives, we were easily in alpha brainwave state. It's a lower state than as adults. When we get older, we have to intentionally put action into accessing that state. But for the first seven years, we were all highly programmable to whatever was around, whatever shame, guilt, fear, lack, poverty, undeserving. I'm trying to think. I know there's a million more judgmental all the programs that keep us from enjoying how good life can be. When those programs are deeply impressed upon our subconscious at that early age, when we're so absorbent, those are the ones that are very hard to get over as an adult. And it's the same reason on the positive side that it's so much easier to learn languages, multiple languages, when you're in that one to seven-year-old age bracket. So here we are, older, and we might say an affirmation or write down a goal, but guess what? We're not in that highly programmable, easily influenced into the subconscious level of our being. We're not in that state normally. So the trick is to take ourselves into the alpha brainwave state if we want to reprogram ourselves. And reprogram ourselves, we should. Because everyone else has been doing it to us, 
lots of institutions, organizations, mass consciousness has been purposefully using programmable techniques on us our entire lives. And if you don't know that or believe that, you can check out how subliminal messages and frequencies are used in commercials. I choose to not watch a lot of TV in general, but I especially don't watch commercials because, hey, I'm trying to program myself. I'm trying to reprogram all the negative, destructive (laughs) belief systems that were implanted into me a long time ago. So I'll do my own programming. Thank you very much. The last thing I need is some subliminal messages that will not serve me. And think about this. Deepak Chopra said that it takes introducing something new that the mind has not believed to be true. Say it's you have abundant health or you deserve prosperity. There could be a lot of programs running deeply inside of you that disagree with that statement. He says it takes at least 1,000 times of introducing a new thought pattern before the subconscious mind even begins to allow in the possibility that that might be true. Okay. So think about (laughs) people say a couple affirmations a few times, and then they're like, this stuff doesn't work. And you think of all the argument and how much you're going up against that is disbelieving the prosperity statement or the abundant health statement or attracting love, attracting good relationships. We're up against a battle that we have to be fortified and prepared for. And if you put on top of that, that as we get older, we're not typically in alpha brainwave state until we access it and get there. Okay, well, that might have something to do with why people write down a goal or say an affirmation and then feel like there's nothing to this. There actually is. There's just a lot of technique and technology behind how to effectively change your thoughts. I think it was Deepak that also said, I'm I'm not sure on this, and I don't know the exact percentages. These are things I hear, but it's food for thought, that 88% of our behavior is controlled and dictated by our subconscious mind. Our conscious mind is control of about 12% of our behavior. Now, I think this is changeable, but penetrating the subconscious is a very important job that is our opportunity to create our lives to be differently. Because think about that. 12% of you could feel like you deserve success in your career or feel like you deserve to attract the kind of partner that's going to treat you right. And then you've got 88% going, uh-uh, I don't think so. I don't think so because of this and this and this and this and this belief and this program that came in when you were little. These are wonderful things to be aware of because it makes us realize that our mind is a garden and a garden does not get weeded one time. It is a continual cultivation. So we're always going to be going into our mind and cleaning up those thoughts that are less than desirable, anything destructive, anything that's keeping us from love and health and prosperity, we want to weed those out. And it's not like you're going to weed them out one time (laughs) and then sit back and be like, there, (laughs) I've done it. No, that's not how a garden works. Anyone who's ever worked with anything natural knows that it's a continual cultivation. 
And also the way that you change your thoughts is going to be very specific to your own unique learning style. This is a very important piece of this. Some of us are auditory learners. Some of us are kinesthetic. Some of us are visual. So you've got to practice with writing down your goals and writing them down often. You've got to practice saying them out loud. That may be the ticket for you. If you're an auditory learner, if you're someone who processes through talking it out with someone else, that may be the way that you create and you really penetrate and affect your subconscious. You might need to read the goal and look at it constantly and visualize in your mind, go into a very specific visualization of how it's going to feel to achieve that goal. So herein lies the work. You have to find your unique style. I see too many people that are just using a style of creation that is not their dominant learning style, and they just haven't found the right fit yet with how to create. So I want you to keep that in mind. It takes some practice of doing different types of creative affirmation, goal setting. Think about this. Think about the old term to cast a spell, to spell, literally to spell. Think of the power of writing something down. There's so much power in creating like that. So I want you to work with that. And also think of the power of an affirmation of giving a spell that way. It's no wonder they burned all those people that were starting to figure some stuff out about how to be empowered and how to create. At that time, in the very dark history of humanity, when people were burned at the stake for things that they would instill fear in crowds about, usually it was empowerment. And there's a lot of truth in the power that we have in our words, in the words that come out of our mouth, and also the words that we allow to come into our mind. Be very aware of the programming that you are allowing yourself to have, whether it's on the radio, whether it is on TV, Netflix, movies. There's a lot of programming that's happening to your subconscious mind, and you have the right to be selective because this is your creative space. And hey, I'm very picky about what I allow to come in there and affect my creative potential. So we want to be very careful about what goes in the mind, but we also want to be very aware and conscious of what comes out of our mouth. Another word I want you to think about that goes back and has a lot of ancient connotations is the word curse. Now, there are times when the appropriate word of profanity (laughs) might feel good to say, but be observant of the words that come out of your mouth and what you're creating with. Your creative potential is flowing out of the vibration of your voice, and you've been giving this beautiful tone and frequency and vibration for a very creative purpose. How are you using it? When I really observed this in myself, it was pretty shocking and revealing because I had cleaned up saying the words out loud, the bad words. I wanted to be on a higher vibration and I adopted a kid. My husband doesn't use curse words at all. So it was in my environment, it was inspiring me to clean up my potty mouth a little bit. 
And I did, and it felt good because I like the scripture. I'll have to find the scripture. I'll put it in the show notes in the Bible that says, speak life. I really appreciate that suggestion because think about people you're around. Are they speaking curses? Are they bringing curses and death and destruction with what comes out of their mouth? Or are they speaking life? Are they speaking encouragement? Are they upbuilding everyone? Are the words that they use like a soothing healing balm or a ray of light that come out of their mouth? That's who I want to be. That's what I want to be. So I started cleaning up my words, but I realized how often they still came up in my head. Like, oh, I'm about to spill my coffee. What's the word that comes? (laughs) Usually they were not good words. So that's something that I'm continually refining and back to the whole cleaning up a dirty mind. It's in there for us. There's a lot of potential and a lot of room for change, for positive change without beating ourselves up when we do do it. Because like I said, it's not like in the appropriate moment, there can't be a lot of power and a good feeling with using a particular expletive. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when they're habitual, the words that we use, when they're unconscious, they might be creating a lower level of life than what you're going for. So pay attention to that. And also, while we're at it, while we're on the topic of curse words, pay attention to how words affect you and transmute and negate the power that other people have to use particular words that really give you a charge. Because the only way a word that someone else says can affect you is if you allow it to. So spend some time and maybe make a list of words, curse words, whatever, that really have a negative charge and take your vibration down if you hear them. And you can neutralize that and you can clear that so that you don't have to be so affected by people who do not know how to speak life and do not know how to be encouraged through their words that they use. But really, words just have the power that we give them. So be aware of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Now, I want to tell you about a class that I have attended this past weekend that really got me on this topic and made me want to record about it. I took, actually, I took two weekends of workshops with a very interesting gentleman named Raymond Grace. And I'm excited about what he offered because I feel like he gave me a next level of how to make my affirmations and my goals and my refined thoughts work a little bit better for me. And I want to share with you the steps that he offered that are really, really easy, but it's just the doing them. If you can start to do some of these action steps to refine your thoughts, I think you're going to see way better results with your goals and your affirmations. So number one, the easiest, quickest way to get into alpha brainwave state so that you're more absorbent to the positive programming that you want to give yourself is look up. He said, just look up. It puts you in alpha. And I've been doing that all my life. I got made fun of for always looking up when I was talking when I was a kid. And now I'm like, hey, (laughs) maybe I was doing something right and I didn't know it. Maybe I was trying to access higher consciousness because people would always say, why do you look up when you're talking? And I even had people suspect that I was lying, like I was trying to gather a story or information. And I never knew why I looked up. 
but just the simple act of looking up is supposed to help access alpha brainwave state. And think about that. Why are billboards positioned where they are? I think a lot of other people have known how to program us and get us into alpha real quick. (laughs) So we might as well be doing it for ourselves. He suggested write your thought pattern that you really want to penetrate that new thought that you want to plant a seed for. Put it over your door frame so that you look up and you look at it every time you walk through that door. Just put it up. Write it down on a piece of paper. Stick it up on the top of your wall so that your brain is changing the frequency as it receives the information. I can't think of a simpler thing to do to get into alpha brainwave state. And speaking of affirmations, if you doubt the effectiveness of them in general, I love what Bernie Siegel said about affirmations are not a denial of your present circumstance. So you can go ahead and eliminate that feeling of, like, say you're feeling bad and you are working with an affirmation that is, I have vibrant health and my body is strong. Go ahead and get rid of that reaction of like, well, this is fraudulent. I don't feel this way. No, this is a seed that you're planting for the future. He said, affirmations are not a denial of your present circumstances. They're a seed that you plant for the future. And just think about that. You don't plant a tiny little oak tree seed and instantly manifest a mighty oak tree. It takes time. So that's what we're doing. We're planting seeds. So why don't you write down that thought that you want to penetrate so deeply into all levels of your being and look up and read it often. So that's number one. Look up, child. Doesn't get any better than that. Number two, another very quick and simple way to access alpha brainwave state is to visualize the five senses. And I've always known how important visualization and imagination is for healing our bodies. I've always felt that when I have people on the table that if they can access their imagination and translate what's going on with their energy and their organs through images that their brain gives them, they can heal at such an accelerated speed. It's incredible. So number two, if you can visualize all five senses, you have just achieved alpha brainwave state. Raymond, in the class, he gave the example of a watermelon. And he said, okay, this is an easy way to get there. You can visualize holding the watermelon in your hand, what it feels like, what the texture of it is, what the weight of it is, and then cut the watermelon. Open it up and look inside. Look at the colors. And you've accessed the visual part. Smell it. Cut a piece and taste it. Listen to what it sounds like as you crunch and chew the watermelon. And then visualize what the watermelon tastes like. And you have arrived in alpha that easily. And I really like number three for catching the negative thought pattern. When you catch yourself in a thought that is undesirable, I love his strategy for that. He said in his mind, he keeps a bucket of red paint (laughs) and and he uses his imagination. I love that. We have imagination for a reason. It's not just frivolous. It's not just 
daydreaming. It's a creative force. So he said he always has a bucket of red paint in his imagination. And when that negative thought comes in, he stops and he paints a red X over the thought and he pushes it out of his mind. He says, nope, I'm not going to do that. But he said, what's very important immediately after painting the red X over the thought and getting rid of it is to go and do something that gives you pleasure. Hug your dog, pet your dog, smell a flower, do something pleasurable in that moment to put a new pattern deeply into your subconscious. I love that one. I think it's easy. It's easy enough to do to catch that thought. We can't stop from thinking a thought, but we can take that thought, neutralize it, and transmute it into something good. So that's number three, paint a red X over your thought. I like number four too. He suggested to be very mindful that you don't use ownership over an illness. Like you never want to say my headache or my disease, never to use ownership over it and to talk about the dis-ease or the chronic problem with your health in a way that is empowering for your body to not attach to that condition too much. I really liked letting go of, of that. And another one that he talked about is eliminating I'm sorry from your vocabulary and replacing it with gratitude and thanksgiving and thank you, more thank yous and less I'm sorry's. When we think about what we're literally saying when we're sorry, but we can, we can apologize and say, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for understanding me. And I just really liked the refinement of the words and the thoughts. Something else that he said along those lines about gratitude that I really liked was he talked about saying all your thanksgiving, your gratitude, saying thank you in the morning when you wake up for all the things you want. (laughs) And I love that twist on creation of it, of already being thankful for it. He said, as soon as you wake up in the morning, give thanks for all the things that you want and go ahead and thank God, Holy Spirit, the universe for assisting you in bringing those things to you because the moment you put yourself in gratitude, empowerment comes with that. Tony Robbins was the one who taught me that and I'll never forget it. Gratitude is the way to empowerment. So going ahead and being grateful for the things that you want to attract into your life is key. And the last one from Raymond, I think this is number five, he talked about visualizing with a friend in a time travel sort of way. He said that this is helpful if you do it by yourself, but it's even more helpful and impactful if you speak this out loud to someone that you can trust, someone that will share a vision with you and go somewhere with you in your imagination. And you can literally time travel in your mind and project yourself to right before a traumatic or unfortunate event And do what you wish you could have done. Be very imaginative with it and have someone to share it with. Someone that might even add to the visualization process. He said the more two people can come together and do this, you can actually change the way your body remembers an incident happening. And I've been playing with this. I've been practicing since I came home from the class. I practiced with my son, Austin. Because we had an incident where we both were traumatized by him being attacked by a dog. 
So I was like, hey, let's play with this. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how this feels. So I told him, let's go to right before it happened. And what do you wish happened? And then I would chime in and I would do something funny. And we made it very pleasurable. We really used our imagination to to make it something impactful that our minds and our bodies would remember. And we're going to revisit it often and still until it starts to be a memory that we share together. And it's incredible how the body responds to this. It's very easy to do. So these are just some fun, simple, easy techniques that I wanted to share with you because I was so excited to have next level work to do on how to elevate our thoughts and how the healing power is so activated and the potential that we have when we focus our mind and our intent. I love being around people with creative minds who know how to use it. And I want to be one of those people continuously. I'm going to continuously work on cleaning up this dirty mind. It's getting cleaner, brighter, more good things are being created from my mind every day. And that's what I want for you. So continue to think about what you're thinking about. And I want to know what works for you. Not all these techniques will have the same kind of oomph and effectiveness for you because we're all different and we all create differently. So let me know what you find that works. Keep on thinking good thoughts that make your life the way that you want it to be and keep on healing. Mm -hmm.